Today we're having a look at week 11, all our streaming options. It's a big week, lots of games, uh, no teams with two games. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Imagine you with all your complexity, all your perfection, all your imperfection. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International podcast network. Uh, flying solo today, it looks like. Uh, Mike Fiddle is usually with me to go through streaming. Um, he may drop in at some point. Uh, he was meant to be here, but something may have come up. Life does get in the way sometimes. So I'll be uh, by myself. Don't technically need my headphones, but it feels weird without them. So uh, we will jump straight into... Looking at the no, we don't want that one. Let's do this one. Um, looking at the the stats and, and what's coming up next week. So week eleven, fantasy basketball. It's a it's a full on week. Uh, we've got no teams with two games next week. Uh, a lot of teams with four games. Some big nights. Some really really light schedules. Um, we've got Wednesday twelve games. Friday fourteen games. Sunday nine games. So they're your high volume days. Tuesday 6, Thursday 2, and Saturday 4 are the low-volume days. So it's a very up-and-down schedule, uh, which means you can utilise quite a few teams for streaming this week. I haven't listed all the teams with three games because there's a lot. There's none with two. Four games, we've got Brooklyn, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Golden State, Houston, Indiana, the Clippers, Memphis, Milwaukee, Minnesota, New Orleans, New York, Orlando, Phoenix, Portland, Sacramento, Toronto, and Utah. So, as I said, a lot of teams with four games this week. Um, and then having a look at the low-volume teams, so the teams that do play on those low-volume nights, are Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, Boston have two of those games. So, interestingly, they only have three games next week, but two of those are on low-volume nights. Uh, Milwaukee have two as well, Philly and the Spurs. Uh, so Philly are another team. Spurs are another team that only have three games next week. So usually you'd look at those teams and go, I'm not streaming. They've only got three games where a whole range of other teams have four games. But with two games on low-volume nights, um, they are teams to target. Uh, and then we've got a lot of teams with one, at least one, um, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Chicago, Denver, Houston, Indiana, Memphis, New Orleans, New York, Oklahoma City, Orlando, Sacramento, Utah, and Washington all play uh, one on one of those low-volume nights. So if we move into looking at the, the players that we're targeting, we'll start with Brooklyn. Uh, Shaden Sharp, uh, sorry, not Shaden Sharp, Dayron Sharp uh, has been really good. Um, over the last couple of weeks. He had a spot start for Nick Claxton, but even in the games where Claxton has been playing, Sharp's getting 18 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh, I've picked him up in one league. He's had double-digit rebounds in, in a few of those games. He's getting blocks. He's efficient. 
So worth streaming, absolutely worth streaming. Worth a 12-team roster spot, 14, maybe 12, if you need certain categories. Uh, he's he's. I think his role now is consistent enough that you could consider picking him up. Uh, earlier in the season, there was a, a bit of up and down. There was a period where Claxton didn't play and we thought Sharp would be the target. And he, he didn't play. He didn't start. He was he played six minutes or something from memory. So, yeah, look, I think he, he is definitely worth streaming in and potentially even worth picking up um, if you're just looking for an efficient low-volume scorer who can get blocks and rebounds. Uh, Dennis Smith is another guy who sort of falls into that category, playing consistent minutes around 20 per night, which means he's not going to blow up. He he had a really good night the other night, but that was with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie sidelined. So when Dinwiddie's back, Smith will move to the bench, but he can get you assists and steals in bunches in 20 minutes. So another guy that probably isn't a 12-teamer, but certainly a stream candidate. I've popped in uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neill. Look, I mean, they alternate games typically. Who who stands out? Who who doesn't? So, if you want to go with either of those guys, take a bit of a flyer. Personally, I'd prefer Sharp and Smith um, over Finney-Smith and O'Neill, despite the fact that Finney-Smith and O'Neill probably will play more minutes. Uh, they just don't do enough consistently. Uh, over to Boston. Um, I've popped in Al Horford here. He, he's more of a guy that you look at when Porzingis is not playing, but that is happening. Porzingis is not playing tonight, so I'm recording this uh, Friday, sort of Friday afternoon, Friday evening before the games tip off. Um, Horford is someone worth looking at when Porzingis doesn't play, but Horford himself misses time, um, could miss tonight. So, yeah, he's a little bit risky. He's more of a, of a situational guy. Um, Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, again, they, they have more value when other guys are out. But if you're just looking for some threes and some assists, both are going to play. There's preferred options here. Like they're, they're really bottom of the barrel in standard leagues. Uh, there's other names on this list that I'd rather take over them. Looking at Denver. Peyton Watson, I think we're adding him. Uh, he he started yesterday. Aaron Gordon, we don't know how long he's out for. He he's got that. Uh, he had the issue with the dog bites, and he's got some pretty severe uh, wounds as a result. It sounds like so. Uh, he he could miss time here. The, these injuries are a little bit uh, hard to project. But I did the show that I did with Insight the other night. Uh, we spoke about when Marcus Smart. Um, punched a picture frame or something, I can't remember, but he had quite a significant injury to his hand and he missed multiple games. So with that in mind, Peyton Watson started yesterday. Uh, he looked pretty good. I wasn't sure whether it would be him or Strother who would be the the option, but it looks like it's going to be Watson. So we're definitely streaming him if he's available and he's he almost falls into that ad category now. Uh, given that he could have two, three weeks of value potentially. I've popped Strather on the list as well because he gets a bump with Gordon out. Uh, Caldwell Pope, if he's available, I mean, he's a bit up and down. He doesn't do a lot outside of steals and threes, but he does occasionally pop off and have those 20-point games. And Reggie Jackson, who we know he was really good when uh, 
uh, when Jamal Murray was out. So that's not the case at the moment. But uh, Jackson can still have some value if you need some assists. Um, it really depends on the playing time and and that that usually hinges on the game. So if it's a blowout, he might get some extra minutes. Uh, onto the Warriors, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, if he's available, I'd go and I'd go and pick him up, stream him in, add him, whatever you want to do. Uh, he he's been really good. Draymond is probably getting closer to a return. It sounds like he could return next week at some point. Um, not sure how Jackson Davis fits in once he's back. It would make sense to to continue to run with him um, as a significant part of the rotation, but we. We know that the Warriors tend to lean on veterans a little more than other teams, um, although they are playing Pajemski uh, a lot this year. So so maybe they have sort of figured out that some of these older guys aren't getting it done. Kavon Looney, another name I've got on the list, not not old by any means, but uh, doesn't have a very fantasy-friendly game and, and very limited to what he can do. So it would make sense to play... Jackson Davis over him in certain situations. So we'll see if they continue to do that. Dario Saric, I've put on the list. Look, he can do enough in 18, 20 minutes. Um, he can hit some threes. He gets some assists. He's another piece that uh, they like coming off the bench when Draymond's back. Again, we we don't know exactly how many minutes he'll get. He was still playing meaningful minutes prior to Draymond going down, but Jackson Davis wasn't really in the rotation at that point. So a uh, little bit up in the air here. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, if he was dropped, look, pick him up and see what happens. He's been okay the last couple of games. Um, I don't mind him coming off the bench. It, it means he can do a little more on the offensive end. So, um, yeah, grab him if, if you need some points and, and threes um, and a little bit of defensive stuff from time to time. Uh, onto the Rockets, Jabari Smith is going to miss a little bit of time here. So an ankle injury could be a week, could be four weeks. We don't have a timeline, I don't believe. Let me just double check. Uh, yeah, so nothing, nothing yet, nothing set in stone. So. With him out, uh, Tari Eason is the obvious one here, but he's probably been picked up in most of your leagues already. If he hasn't, go and add him. Uh, he's coming off a five-steal game, so he, he's not going to get you 20 points most nights, but he'll get you some rebounds, some steals. Um, he does all those little things that Houston like. Uh, Whit Cam Whitmore played 18 minutes, I believe, in, in the last game, so he gets a bump. I don't think he's a 12-teamer, but... Deeper leagues, I'd certainly consider him. Uh, and same goes for Amen Thompson here. Um, Jalen Green has basically sucked for, well, majority of the season, but especially over the last few weeks. Um, they're not going to go with Thompson over Green in terms of starting or anything like that, but uh, he certainly brings another element to their lineup that Green doesn't. So if Thompson's available and you're just looking for a stream, um, he's worth a look as well. Uh, in Indiana, Jalen Smith back in the starting lineup. Um, this has been a little bit up and down all season. We had Obi Toppin there for a while. So if Jalen Smith is available, um, not high ceiling, but points and rebounds, 
Uh, Benedict Matherin may have been dropped. Uh, I've recommended dropping him because he hasn't been very good. So if you wanted to grab him, if you need some points and threes and hope that you luck into a, a week where he's actually hitting his shots, um, go ahead. Andrew Nembhard, look, 20 minutes off the bench, can get you some guard stats. Um, they do like his defence. So he's look, he's going to be in the rotation. Um, Bruce Brown... If he was dropped, he's been dropped in a few leagues. He's out with a knee injury at the moment, um, but could come back next week. We haven't really got word on this. It's a, it's a knee bone bruise kind of thing, so no real timeline. But if Brown does come back, um, he's going to play minutes. So feel free to grab Brown if we get word that he will be uh, returning. Michael Fiddle, welcome to the show. Uh, Can you hear me now, Adam? I can hear you. Yes. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry I'm late. I was on a really important phone call that I could not get off of, but uh, that's fine. It's I made it. I appreciate you holding down the fort. I'll have to, to tune in and catch up wherever we are. Oh, uh, look, I've, I've gone through. Um, so started, I won't go into detail, but it's a, it's a pretty weird week next week. It's very up and down the schedule. We've got some really big nights and then some very, very low nights in terms of games played. Um, so let me show you what I've talked about, just so you know. From my perspective, go. I'm very looking forward to next Tuesday and Saturday's low-volume <laughs> slates where maybe I could take a break from how much work I've been doing. Yeah, they are, yeah. So the low-volume days, are, we've got we've got a six-game slate, two-game slate, and a four-game slate next week. And then we've got a 12 and a 14 as well. So very up and down. Um no teams have two games next week. Uh, we've got a few teams that play on two of those low-volume nights. Uh, Boston, Golden State, Philly, and the Spurs all have all play on two of those. And it, it's strange because I said Golden State uh, – no, sorry, not Golden State. Um, the Spurs and Philly, I believe, and Boston only have three games next week but two of those are on low-volume nights. So it's sort of weird because normally you'd avoid those teams that only have three compared to four. But if they're playing on two of those low-volume nights, then you almost have to target those teams. Yeah, and you're definitely going to have a full team on Wednesday and Friday anyway. So if you're looking yeah. for streamers and who you know which end of rotation spot you want, when we talk about high-volume slates, Adam, we're generally like 10 games and up. But Wednesday, we have 12 games, Friday, 14. So we have 24 and 28 teams respectively playing. Yeah. Pretty much the whole league's going. So your streamer spot is probably going to be on the bench anyway. So acquiring an extra game played on a 14-game night or 12-game night, is, it's it's less significant. Yeah, it is. So I've, I've gone through a few teams. Um, I mean, you can read through the names that I've talked about here. I said talked about Brooklyn, Boston, Denver, Golden State, and Houston. Um, in Denver, I, I've sort of recommended Peyton Watson as probably an ad until until Aaron Gordon is back. So he he's probably been picked up, but um, he started the other night and looked pretty good. He started on my fantasy basketball team as a streamer. He's also in a back-to-back -back right now as we're having this conversation. So we'll have to see what the schedule looks like for next week. But I don't think... Aaron Gordon's going to be back. I think what we see, it was 18 stitches that he got on his face and hand. 21. 21, 21 stitches. stitches. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, some time before he gets back out there. It's going to probably be another week or two. Yeah. And then a slow ramp-up period. And Watson, I mean, 
there's there's people who think he's a young Kawhi, and I know too many people have been attributed as a young Kawhi Leonard, but in Denver, in that system, you actually can get someone who's could put up some defensive stats and play very efficient on offense as well. Yeah, yeah, he looks he looks good. Um, so I will go to so I've only just started this page, so the, the second page. I've talked about the paces. Um, now talking about Memphis, uh, who have certainly looked a lot better with Jar Morant back. Um, they've won some games. Which means streaming is a little bit tricky because they're pretty healthy now. Um, Luke Kennard is close. He, he's not back yet. We, I think we talked about this last week that he was close. Yep. He, so he still hasn't come back, but, he, but he, he's getting closer. Um, I've put in Vince Williams. Same names as last week, basically. Xavier Tillman, Bismack Biombo, and Santi Aldama. Aldama missed yesterday, I believe, uh, for I can't remember why, but he didn't play. So, I mean, anyone else in, in Memphis that, that intrigues you or, or we're just – I, I, I mean, I'm up, avoiding them. Yeah, I talked up Aldama last week and it has not <laughs> borne many fruits of its labor. But uh, Vince Williams is playing amazing, but I do think the uh, comeback of Marcus Smart and his slow ramp up – like Marcus Smart looked amazing when he played with mm-hmm. this team the other night against the Pelicans. He was locked down on defense and I think – the minutes between Smart and Vince Williams are going to be very similar and staggered. So it's going to be hard for, it's almost like Vince Williams has played so well that he's not a streamer, but he's made Marcus Smart worse. So that's kind of the way I look at the situation. It's kind of a lose-lose for fantasy. Um, I'm going to say it again. I think Luke Kennard, when he's finally back, is going to get a lot of easy looks and is going to be a a very crucial piece for this team. I expect him to float in that 20 to 24 minute range. So it's not going to be tons of usage and output, but you're going to get a few threes every night. He's a good playmaker. He could put the ball on the ground and make the right pass. So you're going to get a few assists. Uh, He's got size for his position, so he'll get some rebounds. I think he's, I think, uh, Canard in the same way we often talk about Beasley or Connaughton or the Houston or the or the Phoenix guys, whether that's Gordon yeah. and Grayson Allen, Connaughton's going to slide right back into being one of those names. Yeah, I actually had Canard as a someone Canard, that's that, what I meant, not Connaughton. Yeah, yeah. In the in drafts, I was sort of considering him as a late sort of very final round pick because Jar was out, and I thought yep. that that Canard would play a big role. Obviously that didn't eventuate. He got injured, but yeah, look, as soon as you started talking about that, um, Malik Beasley and Eric Gordon come to mind. He falls into that category, but he can do a little bit more. As you said, he, he can handle the ball a little bit more. He can run the offense. Um, he, he's a good passer. So, so yeah, I'd certainly keep an eye on what his minutes look like when he gets back. Um, Speaking of Beasley, uh, Milwaukee next week play on two of those low-volume nights from memory. Uh, Malik Beasley, if he's available, stream him in. He, he has been a little bit hit or miss the last week. I've got, I've got him in, in a, a league where I've held on to him, and I think he had one game where he did absolutely nothing, and then he had 19 points, and, and so he is up and down. But for me... It's his role is fairly secure. He's starting, he's playing minutes. They need his floor spacing uh, around Giannis. So his role's pretty solid if you can if you can deal with the ups and downs. Um, and beyond him, I, I've, I mean, I've just put Campaign and, and Pat Connaughton, but neither of those guys really interest me at all. 
Nah, depending on what you need that night. If you need assists and it's only the Bucks, maybe Payne. If you need some stocks, maybe Connaughton. I could do the uh, New Orleans one if you want. I think sure. Go Jones, ahead. Jones is going to be Herb Jones, I would assume. Uh, yep. Gee, a hit or miss from a fantasy game, but you know he's going to be out there and getting a lot of minutes. He could hit threes. He could get, grab rebounds. He could get a lot of steals. Larry Nance returned yesterday, I believe, from his absence. Yep. He looked fantastic. I am one of Larry Nance's biggest fans. Uh, I've talked about him on this podcast before. I just love his game. Very Draymond-esque small ball five that he could unlock a lineup. It's a very crowded there between Zion needing to get his minutes, Jonas Valanciunas being a key cog for them. And then they even play guys like Najee Marshall, who's on the end of this list, at those positions too. So Nance, his only... Uh, problem is opportunity but if he's given the opportunity if there's like a situation in chicago where we see drummond as a priority pickup because vucevic is out or if you see peyton watson as a as a pickup because aaron gordon's out larry nance goes right into that role too where if zion was going to miss time if valentunas was going to miss time even if a guy like Najee marshall was going to miss time nance is going to get a really nice boost alvarado and dyson daniels uh, I don't trust Alvarado on a game-to-game basis. And Dyson Daniels, I just see so much upside in his game, but I don't think they're going to – he's going to have the path to opportunity either. The, the Pelicans are just such a deep team mm. that they're, they're a group that I actually love to bet on, but I don't like to stream in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're very deep. Um, Jones, yeah, Jones, look, he's turned into a sort of a streaming steel specialist. Uh, after being a must-roster guy earlier in the season. But as they get healthy, his his role has reduced a little bit. Uh, Larry Nance, again, yeah, much like you, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his uh, in, in fantasy. And he played 25 minutes yesterday. That That's really encouraging um, because he hadn't played for a while. We saw last season that he basically took over the, the centre role alongside Zion in a lot of those early games when they were winning before Zion got injured, uh, he was closing the games over Valentunas. I think he had five steals yesterday. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain he had five steals. Um, did you happen so, to see his turnover at the end of the game? I did not. Okay, so he did this really intelligent thing where the Pelicans were up seven with 18 seconds left. And the Jazz, so they're they're in good control of the game. And the Jazz bring bring down the ball, and they probably get the shot off with about twelve seconds left. So twelve seconds left. It's a seven point game. The shot rims off, and Larry Nance is about to save the ball from going out of bounds. Now instead of letting it go out of bounds and getting possession, instead of trying to catch the ball and then get fouled, he could have done maybe both of those things. Instead, as he's falling out of bounds, he grabs the ball and throws it the entire length of the court out of bounds on the other end. And the clock just runs another four or five seconds. And Larry Nance is credited for uh, probably a rebound and a turnover at that. But it was so intelligent because it brought the clock from down to there was when the ball went out of bounds and the clock stopped, there was 5.6 seconds left. So he intentionally turned the ball over just to burn out the game clock because a team's not coming back from down seven with 5.6 no. left. And at that point, they, they just dribbled it out and it was over. Yep. It sounds very Larry Nance. He's a very smart player. Very um, smart. Injuries have just crueled him basically throughout his career. He just can't stay healthy. But yep. 
he's yeah, as you said, it's it's it is crowded there with Najee Marshall and Valentunas and Zion, but they do like to play Nance uh, in that closing unit, which it sounds like he probably was in the closing unit if if he yep, was exactly. making this play with seconds remaining. So, um, I I definitely go and um, consider picking him up and, and let's just see because if he can get twenty five minutes a night, that's regularly. Enough. Yeah, you might have talked me into it. Where I'm just going to go look and scoop him up now. I think the. The guys on the Knicks list is really interesting, too. Uh, talking about Emmanuel quickly, he's yep. probably owned in pretty much every place. May, maybe uh, shallower leagues, you could grab him. But the second half of the season for quickly is one of the most volatile players in the league. We have the chance that New York, the, the Knicks, try and go all in and acquire a big piece. Now, is quickly part of the package? Does he get sent somewhere where he can get real opportunity share or does he get moved a little rung down on the usage rate of the Knicks players and get less statistics or there's three options here. Do the Knicks end up staying put at the deadline and we see start to unlock a little bit of Brunson quickly combination minutes. So I think they could almost become a little bit of what Maxi and Harden were where, uh, Quickly's the the scoring punch and Brunson's the playmaker where Brunson's the Harden and and Quickly is the Maxi. That would be the ceiling. I don't they're not going to get to that height this season, but I do think we could get to a point where Tibbs is trying to play them both together for large minutes in some late January, early February games and seeing what the team looks like with that additional scoring punch and quickness punch. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. Like quickly, sort of one of those guys feels like he he should be playing more than he does, and and it's been that's been the story throughout his career. He he has these games where he blows up and he plays thirty five minutes, and and you you sort of think, okay, here we go. The, the Knicks have finally realised they're going to play him, but then he'll go and play eighteen minutes and have nine points, sort of thing. So it it is hard to know, but. He's probably rostered. I, I put him on this list. I haven't seen him on many waiver wires in my leagues. Um, the other two names I have, Dante DiVincenzo and Josh Hart, are ba- basically alternating good and bad games at the moment. So it's it's hard to know who who you would target here. DiVincenzo, to me, feels slightly safer than Josh Hart. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's... It's really just a roll of the dice and hope that you pick the right one on the right night. And they're pretty similar stat sets. Like if I randomly needed rebounds, I might prioritize Josh Hart. If I randomly needed threes, I might prioritize DiVincenzo. But even at that, it's a complete coin flip. Yeah. Um, Orlando, uh, Anthony Black had a really good game two games ago, I think. Um, he was picked up in a few of my leagues. I didn't bid on him, but a couple of people put in some uh, surprising bids. I I don't know if they had looked at what he'd done in the previous 20 games before that one where he, where he had 20 points. But uh, yesterday he had, I think, like three points or five points. And he did have a steal and a block, but... He, he's not someone we're rostering, but if you want to stream him in, he's starting, he's playing minutes. Um, maybe you get lucky. Jonathan Isaac, again, 15 minutes a night. He can get you some steals and blocks and rebounds. Doesn't do much else. And then Mo Wagner, Goga Badadze, knowing who Badadze has been out of the rotation almost in, in a couple of games, but have a look at who they're playing. If they're matched up against a bigger team, then maybe 
he plays the backup behind Wendell Carter. Although in saying that, Wendell Carter hasn't really been setting the world on fire either. So it will be interesting to see. I think they stick with Wendell Carter at that centre spot, but I don't know. Do you think they would ever consider scaling him back and, and playing? Because they, they looked good when Carter was out. I think Wendell Carter is a sneaky trade candidate. I okay. think yep. there could be some rumblings about maybe like an Orlando Pascal Siakam type of situation. Uh, going that direction would not be the biggest surprise for me for the Orlando Magic. And yep. shipping out would have to be Wendell Carter, just the way that they've played. So if that's the case, then uh, Mo Wagner and Batadze, they might have a few games of bumped usage but more or less kind of kind of null with uh Wendell Carter Jr playing. The real the real values is next on the list, the next guy up, it's Kelly Oubre. Without Embiid, he has been getting I mean, I know the efficiency wasn't there, but the usage has been two games ago on Christmas, he had a great Christmas game to get like five threes and 25 points or something. Yep. Oubre has been such a beneficiary of the Embiid absence because they've started to play more five out. They've started to play more small ball. They started to play with faster pace. And so that's going to directly benefit him who likes to cut, who likes to play good defense, who likes to, you know, be a movement shooter. So Ubre is a, is a definitely a priority pickup as long as Embiid is out. I just want to, I'm just wondering, we have this new, you know, games cap for NBA awards this season, right? You have mm-hmm. to play 65 games to be eligible for the awards. Yeah. I think Embiid's return has to be right around the corner because he's getting to the point now where he's the games missed are right in line with like that. It's going to be walking the line of if he still plays the same percentage of games for the rest of the season, he's going to be towing that line of being right around 66, 67 games and above the 65. And he's very outspoken about wanting the MVP. And he's currently yeah. the lead candidate in the odds for MVP. So expect uh, Embiid to return with authority and kind of squash all of the value in Philadelphia. But until then, Ubre is definitely a strong play. I think we're recording this uh, on Friday, so we're probably not going to get it up and out in time. But he plays against the Rockets tonight, who are missing Jabari and Dylan Brooks. Ubre is going to have another good night. Yeah, he has looked good, and, and if you've got Ubre, you don't care about efficiency because you're not you're not expecting him to be efficient. <laughs> you already gave that away. He'll get you points. He'll get you threes. He'll get some boards. He can. He'll go off occasionally and have four steals in a game. He can do that. We've seen him do it multiple times. So yeah, he he's a really good target if he is available. Um, Paul Reed. Look, I mean, he, he's he's starting. Uh, he's playing good minutes. He he probably hasn't done what we'd hoped he might do with, with these minutes. He, he's still worth a look um, and because, yeah, Embiid is out tonight uh, as is um, Nick Batum is still out as well. Yep. So so they are they are rolling with Reed a little bit. And then Pat Beverly, I mean, we know who he is at the moment. He's a – I mean, he is who he is. He's an older guard. He can get you some out-of-position rebounds and some defensive stuff. So not super – Sexy or anything, but if those if that's what you need, you can grab him. Um, Sacramento Malik Monk is someone that I'd sort of preached as a as a must roster guy for quite a while, but he's cooled off significantly over the last week or two. Has been dropped. I've seen him dropped in a few leagues. So 
both, I mean, all three guys on this list for Sacramento, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, you're really streaming them if in for points, points and threes. That That's all you're going to get from them. Is there anyone else in Sacramento that I've missed here? I, I just tend to avoid Sacramento altogether. Yeah, I tend to avoid him too. Barnes has been the one that I've targeted within this group of three, though. There has been a few times yeah. that I've played into the Harrison Barnes stream. Uh, the Spurs. Um, as you said, we're recording this on Friday. Um, Wemby is out tonight. Uh, which Is that confirmed? Yes. Yep. Okay. Wemby is, is out, which they'd sort of they'd laid that on the table yesterday before the game. They said he would probably play Thursday and miss Friday, and he has been ruled out uh, tonight. I just he know that he, of, he only ended up getting 20-something minutes in that Thursday game, and he dominated. So I was yeah. personally looking like, are they sneakily going to say he's actually eligible for the back-to-back? Because they said he probably wasn't going to play before he got just 20 minutes or whatever it was. So I was thinking, yeah. all right, maybe he ends up suiting up. But you've let me know that he's that I will not be betting on the Spurs again tonight because I bet on the Spurs last night. That was nice. Yeah, no, no, he, he is out. Uh, so... With him out and whenever he's out, Zach Collins is who we target. Yep. Um, I I streamed in Champagne last night and he, he basically stunk it up and did nothing. He played like 13 minutes or something. But if he's going to continue starting, I feel like that was probably just a game where they had other guys off the bench who were playing well. And so they went in another direction. But I'd still consider him because he'd been pretty good prior to that. Branham... Look, he gets minutes. He doesn't do a lot. Uh, Trey Jones, I feel like he should be playing more minutes, but he's not. But if you need assists, he's one of the better assist streamers who who are out there. Um, the look, the, I mean, the Spurs rotation is weird. Um, Keldon Johnson is also questionable tonight. So this is what this is going to be the Spurs rest of season. They, they're they're yep. going to have guys missing games. Wemby. I don't know. The, the fact that he's not playing tonight, do, does this sort of raise any red flags for you in terms of looking at the next month, two months, and whether they're just going to randomly sit him? Because to me, this is sort of linked in, and, and I think they've come out and said it, that this is to do with his ankle injury that he suffered. And, and they're just being precautionary, and he has sort of said that he wants to play, but he's going to be... He's, he'll listen to this, the medical team, obviously, and and they feel like a night off is is warranted here. But have you got concerns that he just gets random rest nights? He probably will get a few random rest nights. I mean, the Spurs are clearly going to be in the bottom four of teams with records, and they're going to have that 14% yeah. chance of getting the first pick again. It's also not really that strong of a draft incoming, so people thinking like no. tanking season's going to be loud. I don't think tanking season's going to be loud that as it has been pronounced in previous seasons. We also have the... NBA TV deal rights coming up at the end of this season. So I really think the NBA front offices and, and commissioner's offices and are, are going to really push to make sure the product is still good throughout the course of the season because it's going to directly impact how much money they make on the next TV deal, which is going to directly impact the CBA negotiations and then subsequently what the salary cap is for the league and the, for the players. So the, even the players are incentivized to put a good product out there. So I think Wemby, yeah, maybe here or there, but I wouldn't be too worried about it. I almost think he might have a really dominant second half of the season. I think Chet is firmly in control of that rookie of the year. I think Wemby is a guy, we talked about it with Embiid earlier, who wants an MVP. Wemby is a guy who has made it very clear 
that he wants to be regarded as one of the best ever. And that is his goal. He's been working towards that goal since he was like 13. He does some really weird and intricate like foot exercises and whatnot. So hopefully his ankle stability gets back to full strength soon. I think he's going to want to, to, to really show out in some of these second half games. I think the only reason why Chet has been getting so much love is because of the rest of the surrounding support. We're talking about SGA and Dort and J-Dub and all these guys, even Kenrick Williams, who can play a solid role. Here we're looking at Justin Champagne and, and Malachi Branham and, and Trey Jones. And, and we're saying, why doesn't Trey Jones get enough minutes? Like Trey Jones, we wouldn't be saying that if Trey Jones was on the Thunder. So I actually have a lot of faith in back of the season, Wemby. More than yeah. I do about picking up any Spurs to stream them on this week. <laughs> yes, very, very true. Yeah, look, I'm not – like people, as you know, they'll come out and say, well, the Spurs are going to tank. They don't want to win games. They're pretty safely in that bottom four. And yep. even with Wemby playing, they're not winning. It, it's not like if we play Wemby, we're going to win. If we don't play him, we're going to lose because they've been losing with him on the floor. So I don't really worry too much about that. And and just watching him, I mean, I, I do try to watch some Spurs. It's hard to watch sometimes because they're pretty bad. Um, but some of the things Wemby does already, he, he, he's exceeded my expectations this year. I knew he was going to be good, but defensively he's so good often the just the his ability to get up and down the floor he had a um a full court sort of uh transition alley oop play last night which like it, it's just i don't know like watching him it's it's almost surreal um there was the yeah i've never seen someone close out on the perimeter shooter it's like he'll jump from relatively like the free throw area when a guy's yeah. shooting a three over him and he'll jump and he'll just put the hands up and the the the, the shooter has to change their arc because he's so big and so lengthy mm-hmm. that it, it throws off a lot of three-point shots against uh I don't think he has the biggest impact on winning yet that is going to be yeah. that is going to come from them unleashing him a little bit more them putting a little bit more talent around him we can go to the gambling market to understand these things and sometimes it's really cool to see Last night, the line came out, and it was Spurs plus four and a half for today. So they were 4.5 point underdogs going into tonight's game. We had the news that Wembenyama was probably going to be out. We had the assistant coach and Popovich talking about it for a few days. So the Trailblazers started taking some early steam before the official news broke. It got out to Portland Trailblazers were favored by six points because we thought, okay, Wembenyama might not play. It's about he might be worth one or one and a half points in a game in affecting his team. Yeah. And then when Banyama is ruled out, and I just rechecked it as you were talking, and it's back to five and a half. So they said, okay, it's okay. mainly it's when Banyama in a in a game and his impact on, on a game is probably worth about one point. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it's whereas yeah. if you see Embiid go from in to out, you see six to seven points of swing. So there is going yeah. to be growth in how he impacts the game moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And part of that will be just as they put better players around him too. Yep. These guys tend to shine when they have better players. And um, Anyway, yeah, so that's a lot on the Spurs. But as we said, Champagne, Branham, Trey Jones, none of them are targets we want to be talking about, but we have to talk about them because that's who the Spur, Spurs are giving. And they have a good to. schedule next week. They do, they do. Uh, finally, the Jazz, another team whose rotation is just up in the air from one night to the next. 
Uh, I've put Taylor Horton Tucker on the list, although he only played six minutes last night. Uh, so it's hard to know what his role is. Keontae George came off the bench. Chris Dunn started but didn't play a lot of minutes. Kelly Olinick looks good, but he's only playing 18 minutes off the bench. Um, it, it's hard, again, a little bit like the Knicks. Uh, there's a few teams that fall into this category. Any priorities here for you, like anyone that you trust more than the next player? No, it depends on what you need that day. If you need a little bit of anything, everything, Olenek, probably Chris Dunn because he's starting and they've clearly moved Jordan Clarkson back to the bench. But Utah just got healthy, right? They just got yeah. John Collins is back. They, they Kessler is back and he's rolling again. Markinen playing again. He missed a few games. Clarkson back in the six-man role that he thrives in, where his usage rate skyrockets when he's on the court. So it is hard to stream into the Jazz because they're completely healthy. And so the opportunities for the you know lower end guys just aren't the same. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I think there there might be a couple of trades coming here for Utah before the the deadline. I don't know who's going to go. John Collins has been rumored. I really nobody want wants John Collins. We've <laughs> learned about that for years. John Collins and Miles Turner live on the trade block for forever. They do, they do. So we'll see. Um, Kelly Olynyk. I'd like to see him go somewhere where he can play a bigger role, but I'm I'm not sure that that situation exists at this point because we've. We saw one game last week, I think it was, where he started and played 30-odd minutes and he had 28 points and paper rebounds, some defensive stats, some assists, threes. So he's still got it in him. He's just not hes not high enough on their priority list and he's not part of their future. So it's a little does, bit frustrating. Does Agbaji have any fantasy value? I haven't really checked his stats yet, but I've been watching a lot of jazz games recently and he is an impressive player. Yeah, I mean, he probably falls into this category with all these other guys. He, he, right. he, and and it would make sense that both he and Keontae George are priorities for them moving forward through the remainder of the year. Agreed. Um, whether that comes to fruition, I don't know. Um, I would think that their starting lineup come what February might be. Well, Keontae George, you would think, would start at point guard. Agbaji. Um, Collins, maybe Markinen and Kessler. It's it's probably that that fifth spot, which is yep. probably Collins at the moment. But Agbaji should be getting twenty six minutes plus every night from fe- from mid February on. Yeah, so someone to yeah, like I wouldn't have enough trust at the moment to to add him or pick Agreed. him up. But in a month or two, then certainly. Um, yeah, what is this? What we're we're doing week ten right now. Week, week 11. eleven. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can never get my week 11s right. So <laughs> I messed that up a few weeks ago. By week 15 or 16, we'll be mentioning Abaji every time. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. So that will that'll bring us to the end. Uh, any teams, any players, anyone that I, I didn't cover? I mean, you didn't see the beginning of the show, but anyone uh, that, that jumps out that I might have missed? No, I just want to say I want to apologize again. I, I am not normally late like that. I Sorry to all the listeners for 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 the little hiccup in the schedule. Thank you for being flexible, and uh, won't happen again. No, look, it's I, I I said in the intro. I said life just gets in the way sometimes, um, and and so it was only because yeah, as I I've I've got 
things I'm doing this morning, um, getting ready to go back to work next week. Unfortunately, I'm not looking forward well, to, to that. To, but. to your credit, so the listeners know, you messaged me like an hour ago at this point saying, are you going to be ready to start soon? To which I replied, yes. And yes. then I got on the phone and it went way too long. And it was an important phone call that I couldn't get the other person off the phone. It was a good call. But then I, then I, as soon as I closed the phone, I'm like, oh my God. And I signed on and joined you. So again, thank you for being flexible and uh, hopefully it'll be a one-time occurrence. No, that, that's absolutely fine. Uh, that will do it then for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh, you can listen to my shows. You can listen to Mike's shows as well. Uh, Noah will be uh, re not relaunching, but he, he's been traveling as a lot of people have over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, I think I'm on his show tomorrow. We'll be talking a lot about Dante Exum, which I'm excited about. Um, so we, we tend to talk about him more than we need to, but but now it's actually warranted. Uh, remember to give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe, all of that stuff. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.